you're listening to another episode of Sugar Honey Bubble Tea, a podcast aimed to amplify Asian woman voices while navigating race, dating, and wellness. I'm your co-anchor, Ange, and I will be carrying my butcher knife everywhere I go because it's the purge all day, every day for Asian women now. Once again, welcome to the podcast, honey. Hello, I'm Toby. And before we start today's episode, please go follow us on Instagram at sugarhoneybbt at S-U-G-A-H-O-N-E-Y-B-B-T. We'll be posting a PI resources, podcast episode related segments and much more. So make sure you go follow us there for more contents throughout the week. Yes, and we're also on Apple Music, so if you can just leave us a review, that would be great. Um, so, yeah, following what happened in the Atlanta um, shooting, Toby and I felt very strongly to talk about um, the fetishization of Asian women, as known as yellow fever, because that was really um, something that we kind of grew up or um, had to go through, you know, in our, in our upbringing and you know as asian women living in north america so yeah you want to just do like a quick little yellow fever introduction if you don't know the definition of yellow fever is sexual preferences for people of asian descent and it can be across both genders so you know you can fetishize asian women as well as asian men but for today's episode, since we both identify as Asian women, <laughs> we'll be talking specifically as Asian women. And knowing that, you know, there's been a lot of anti-Asian hate crimes and for Asian women, racism is so like played out with um, fetishization. Like it kind yeah. of goes hand in hand. So I think it's very important for us to discuss both topics. Yes. And also it could be like when we're talking about, you know, fetishizing Asian women, it doesn't necessarily have to be white men to Asian women. It could be black men or any any non-Asian descent um, men fetishization mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on Asian women and hypersexualizing us in this day and age. Um, just some facts to kind of kick off the episode. Anti-Asian hate crime has spiked up nearly 150%. And once again, I say that. 150%, bitch. Wow. <laughs> and women are reported to be three times more likely the victim of a hate crime. Um, in one study of Asian American women who had experienced discrimination, and I think this is talking about workplace in general, while 34% reported that others had assumed they were submissive or passive. So the women in the study who attempted to speak out reported that others reacted with surprise or retaliation. So meaning that we, as Asian women, already have this stereotype that we're very submissive and we don't really speak up for ourselves and we don't want to cause any trouble and therefore we're easy targets for hate crime, for Mm -hmm. discrimination at workplace, for racism on a daily basis, for, you know, being sexualized, all sorts. Because we, we, they assume we don't fight back. Yeah, that's part of the stereotypes, I feel like. Yeah. So what do you think Asian women get fetishized? Um, I think Asian women, like other than the things you mentioned, you know, Asians being the model minority and the very submissive, hypersexual stereotypes. Tagging onto that idea is like, once again, the stereotype of Asian women being very frail. And a lot of times men who are like hyper masculine are very scared of feminist 
and they like oh, the so idea true. of Asian woman so they can protect their very frail ego. Like that is so true. Yeah, because they they will assume that you know we're so soft spoken, we probably won't be the very like um classic feminist type or a very outspoken type. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think that's why. I, I, I never really thought about that in that sense. Why right. Asian women get fetishized? Um, because that goes back to our stereotypes, right? Yeah. Like because we're so we're seen as submissive and passive, and we don't really um fight back. And that's almost like the complete opposite of what a feminist is. Mm-hmm. Um, like a quote unquote feminist. I'm talking yeah. about like, of course, there's so many, so many different feminists out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in certain straight men's mentality, feminist only there's only this one kind of package feminism. Yeah, and that feminism is someone who like, you know, is like man hating. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like I fighting about everything arguing about everything like that 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 i'm not saying that's feminism but that's a lot of straight men i've met told me that's what they think feminism yeah is. what they know and yeah yeah what they know in feminism as and that's for them is not an attractive trait mm-hmm. but there's also a lack of understanding what feminism means in yeah. this day and age yeah exactly so, yeah, so I think also how, why Asian women get fetishized, like we were talking about before, is stereotypes. And one of them being porn. <laughs> Obviously. I, I think there's a lack of representation of strong female, Asian female leads <laughs> in <laughs> porn. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, mostly, like, mostly in... Uh, Western porn there are but if even if there are it's always kind of like that's their specialty you know that's their signature yeah like that that's what they do like this dominatrix like very but that's also being sexualized right but like if you look at Japanese porn oh my god all the women look like they are resisting but then once you you know what I mean like they they look like they're not enjoying but they're enjoying yeah and like and i feel like all the female worship porns are always almost always usually featuring white or western porn actresses like there's a very specific type of category and you don't really see asian people like you only a lot of times we only see asians as being submissive or like you know that's so true yeah so it's yeah and there's always like i'm not ashamed to say i watch quite a bit of asian <laughs> she's done because, her field you research know, you gotta you gotta feel relatable like yeah <laughs> that's part of the research to her field, the research field study of the asian woman yes i yeah i watch it to see how asian women are being fetishized um <laughs> but like if you there's only maybe like a handful of Asian women porn stars that's active. Yeah. And I, when when act when I say active, meaning like it's not like they did two films and they're gone, you know? Like, like it mm-hmm. feels like I'm always seeing the n- same faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are always like the same type of look. Yeah. They, they always kind of like kind of fall into the same category. Mm-hmm. They don't look like like you would never see um, 
a Japanese looking like very when I see Japanese looking like like traditional Japanese adult video like porn looking girl who's always playing the submissive part to go into Western porn industry and play a dominatrix part. Yeah, you don't see that. Yeah, yeah, it's always that like leather wearing like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like very very like. I'm going to like whip you until you call me mommy kind of type. Yeah, I feel like that's also interesting because if you like think about now, I think people kind of put you, they'll be like, oh, what kind of Asians are you? Because in their mind, there's only like maybe five types. Like you're either like an ABG or you do cosplay or you're very good at math. But it's like exhausting because sometimes you can be i don't know a lot of different things like i can do math and i can also be abg like what's the problem with that you know it's just like they're gonna ask you to do it in bed (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what's gonna happen (laughs) can you do math while you give head no can you calculate my the ratio of my thigh (laughs) to my dick (laughs) oh my god oh my god Standing there with your with your calculator. My TI-83. My graphing calculator, bitch. <laughs> you sign cosign that dick, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. That's yeah, it. You'd be in bed and like, I didn't take calculus for nothing. <laughs> I, I can finally put in good use. My education that I thought was useless. <laughs> my 12-year mandatory education has resulted to me standing here with my ti-83 calculating your dick (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but anyways like you know like i think that's that's one reason it's like when we're talking about media um stereotypes or media representation of asian women we're not only talking about hollywood we're also talking about porn because i bet a lot of men watch more porn than they watch Hollywood movie, Wes Anderson. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. This for sure. So like a lot of that uh, stereotypes come from porn, I believe. And, um, you know, the porn industry is, an, is a very interesting spot. Like it, it's almost like there's no rules, but there are rules. Because in Hollywood, you can be openly criticized for, you know, not casting an Asian woman, not doing this and that. But... In porn, it's like everything is so preference-based that if you don't like it, just don't watch it. But in Hollywood, it's not like that. Right, right. It's not like, well, you don't like that we casted a white woman? Well, don't watch it. Like, you can't you get canceled so quick. True. But in porn, it's like, just go to the next page, bitch. Page yeah. 42, and you're still... <laughs> That's very true. Your <laughs> pants down, and it's like page 42. <laughs> It's like 3 a.m. Shit. Oh, I feel Can't like... find an Asian woman who fits that, who doesn't fit the stereotype. That's very relatable, honestly. Like, yeah, I, that's interesting because I feel like they get away with so much in porn. So one of the biggest thing is the lack of understanding of what a real life Asian woman is. Like what you were saying, like you can also be good at math, but also be an ABG, but also, you know, be like really fun in bed or... Right. These are just parts of a being that you could put together to become one person. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not something like you have to be like this. You have to be like that. Um, and I think there's also that other stereotype. Since we're on the topic of porn, tight vaginas. Mm. You know what sucks? 
Yeah. It's like, even if we have tight vaginas, um, that stereotype is so hurtful. Like, it's fucked up because Asian women get hypersexualized and yeah. Asian men get desexualized. True. It's, uh, yeah, that's true. But sometimes it's really just anatomy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, it's not really like race based, is it now? Mm. Yeah, maybe not. But then the, the idea of that, like, you know, like if, if we say, oh, well, Asian women have Thai pussies and then that as a stereotype and, you know, a white man slept with an Asian woman and she could do like double anal, double. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Double vagina. <laughs> double vagina. And then they'll be like, wait, I thought it doesn't work. Like, you know what I mean? Like vagina could stretch to like infinity. I'm telling you, a baby yeah. comes out of it. Like there was no such thing. You know, there, you, there could be tight vaginas, but you could also train that. Yeah. Kegel balls, baby. Or just celibacy. Honestly, I... <laughs> <laughs> so true. Speaking from experiences. Um, I feel like that's the thing. Like when people make assumptions, they kind of like assume because of your race you must fit into certain type of categories even you know even sexually or like physically it's just that it's just so ridiculous because they don't leave Mm -hmm. you with room for your actual personality you know yeah so lack of understanding of what a real life asian woman is because Mm -hmm. there's always that uh assumption that you must be this way you must be submissive you must be passive you must be compliance you must be obedience you must have tight vaginas yeah like it's always like these things that you know like sometimes we get happy to you know when men say we have tight vaginas i'm not saying it's it's a bad thing it's amazing like you know why i have tight vaginas celibacy Celibacy. (laughs) i've been (laughs) i've been celibate for so long not even by choice (laughs) <laughs> oh my god sometimes i just couldn't get laid but at this point i have two anuses <laughs> double anal double anal meaning just two anuses at this point <laughs> two, oh my god but you know all jokes aside because we talk about this all the time like you know celibacy yeah but also being fetishized yeah i think like people have these as- pre-assumptions of how asian people are and how they act yeah um and but they don't really like if they don't really fit into these stereotypes people are disappointed Mm -hmm. or you know like sometimes they they see they they don't know how to deal with us like if we 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 are not that stereotypical asian Mm -hmm. and yeah and i think in western media asian women are either you know usually either portray as like there, there's these two stereotypes one is called the china doll mm-hmm. which is what we've been talking about like being submissive feminine and you know sexual compliance and um there's always if you go back into like old hollywood movies past like after world war ii um there's usually a white savior like character mm-hmm. that saved this woman that this china doll a stereotypical woman that like yeah. you know wants to escape her home country for a better life and um that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then there's also that dragon lady type mm-hmm. of stereotype in in hollywood media which is you know um quentin tarantino yeah it's just quentin kill tarantino bill. movies of kill bill kill like bill. dangerous and cunning asian woman who like uses their sexuality as a weapon or 
wears a chi pao and knows like three martial arts and fights with a samurai sword, but is from Hong Kong. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing adds up. up. <laughs> Nothingness. Yeah, nothing adds up. I'm That's like, so true. Yeah, so it's always, um, it's it, this is kind of like the traditional two Western media stereotypes and but just like you said there's so many more now like abgs and like yeah. you know cosplay asians and all that that kind of like puts us all in these boxes but we can check multiple boxes at the same time yeah i mean outside of this asian skin suit i'm just a human so yeah. why don't you treat me like another human <laughs> <laughs> that's just my simple favor that i want to ask is yeah that you treat asian women the same and just because you feel like we look different or you i don't know like you're scared we're exotic doesn't mean that we are anything else like we're also just the same as everyone really mm -hmm. have you had any personal experiences of like um feeling like you're being sexualized or fetishized by someone who's non-Asian? It's very difficult for me to pinpoint because I feel like sometimes, I don't know if I'm being sexualized as a woman or as an Asian woman. And yeah. Yeah. And it's also like a oh lot God, of times. We should, sorry. We should talk about that in another episode because that's such a huge topic yeah like being sexualized as a woman like, yeah and i feel like because being an asian woman is very kind of unique where like racism can also show up as a form of like misogyny or like fetishization so sometimes i can't tell like i honestly it's not i feel like being a woman is already i have to be so like hyper aware of everything that mm -hmm. i sometimes kind of forget the fact that i am like, I don't kind of, like, pinpoint out whether it is fetishization. I just feel like, yeah, I'm being sexualized, you know? Because mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. just happens a lot. Yes. And the the fact that we can sense that we're being sexualized and it's not a racial thing happens at such a young age for us. Yeah, um, exactly. Start. I'm saying it starts at such a young age for us. And I think we should do a, a complete different episode on that. Is that such an interesting thing? Like, yeah. I, I think, you know, like a very obvious way to know if you're being sexualized or fetishized as an Asian woman is when they, <laughs> when the other person only dates Asian women. Like, if you talk to them, and there's oh like, my God. oh yeah, like my ex is from like a name fill in an asian country and then my other ex is from fill in the asian you know it's like yeah. it feels like there it's like a it feels like this person specifically only dates asian women it's a huge red flag if you live That's in like a predominantly western area like i don't know tennessee and you only only date an asian woman that's uh that's a huge problem because it's like where are you finding these women yeah, like if you don't live even They're live not. in asia and you've only dated asian women then i'll be yeah. very sus about this yeah it's like is there like a korean church that you frequent yeah like <laughs> what are the chances yeah it's like christian korean mingo like <laughs> like where are you finding women like asian women in tennessee that's so 
you know you yeah. know what i don't never been to tennessee so i can't same really, maybe there's a huge population of asians there but i'm saying it's not like you're in you know la it's not like you're in Vancouver. asia yeah exactly yeah that you know there are many asians there's a huge population of asians and asian women like mm-hmm. it's like okay if you're white and then you go to japan and then you're like date japanese serially date japanese women and then i'll be like yeah because you know you're in japan like I, I i would yeah that would make sense because there's there's more asian women in japan but if you're in tennessee yeah <laughs> texas really you gotta pull that oh, i think there i think there are a lot of asians in texas okay i'm just like really just pulling like white <laughs> like we're, we're gonna say like okay yeah, yeah, yeah i've been to minneapolis and there's no asians there <laughs> oh I my also god been to north dakota North I'm Carolina. The only Asian there. Oh my god. I feel you know like I, Yeah, go ahead. I feel like it's a very common um experiences of being fetishized as Asian woman because I was reading this article on Vice. There was this girl who started an Instagram profile called the Fleshlight mm-hmm. Chronicles because she is an Asian American who is from Connecticut, I think. And yeah, she was on dating apps and she gets a lot of these racially charged or fetishized messages. And she, you know, she's from the States and people will ask her stuff like, you know, where are you from and stuff like that. And a lot of guys are very, very like forthcoming because they think sh- they see her as Asian and they think she's like very submissive. They said, what are her, some like, examples of, of uh, messages she gets? <laughs> She got this one message that was like, I would eat your pussy like shrimp fried rice. Ah! Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> the audacity. Oh my God. Oh. Like, oh, do you want to come over and eat my chow, man? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> That's oh my, oh God. my God. I can't. You know what? If I am a porn star, an Asian porn star, my tagline would be, <laughs> I don't cream, I bubble tea, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. I love that. I love that. Just to, you know, fit the stereotype because that's what people want to see, apparently. Yeah, apparently that's it. That's what people yeah. want. And oh, like, my God. Can you imagine me being a porn and just being eaten out and drinking bubble tea? <laughs> I mean, not no. <laughs> Lick my boba. Oh, ah, eat that tapioca. Oh okay, I'm done. I'm done. Get it out of your system. <laughs> I actually have a Tennessee Tinder account, and those are me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Me masking as a Tennessee white man, sending these messages. Oh, yeah. So oh I God, feel like it's actually a very universal experience is that every Asian woman yeah. some point in her life would experience big or small. Yeah. Yeah. Just Asian women in North America. Like that's that's mm-hmm. a very universal and um, common thing that we all feel. And I think, um, you know, from my personal experiences, I've been told that, you know, Asian pussies are tighter um, mm-hmm. before you have sex with them. Oh, and that's that's considered flirting, but that's also putting me in a on the pedestal. Did they also <laughs> make that comment? Like, I have heard that comment like after, but then I didn't oh. know if I should tell them if it's because of celibacy, you know? 
I was like, it's because I was celibate for months. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just restored. Yeah, itself. it's. I mean, pussies do that. For people who don't know, pussies restore themselves really well. Yeah, it's like a hair tie. If you don't use it, it kind of goes oh, back in shape. The coil ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those black coil hair ties exactly if you know you know yeah Aww. if you're a girl listening to this if you know well men also you know yeah um i have also been asked to speak my native tongue in bed by a white guy by a white man yes that is by white men but oh actually he was half so he was half asian half white but i'm pretty sure when he was asking that it was the it's white his part wife. of him <laughs> it's his white side <laughs> It's his white side because he doesn't speak Mandarin. Like he doesn't speak anything but uh but English. Did you? Did you? Let's just say I let's just say I did. <laughs> I entertained the idea and then immediately was regretted and then I turned myself off. Because it's so, I, I realize I don't know, and this is really problematic. So I'm not saying this is a, it, this is right, mm-hmm. um, but I did it in the moment, in the heat of the moment, I did it, and then immediately I regretted it, and then I felt like guilt. It was really yeah. weird because I realized I don't know how to dirty talk in Mandarin. I would just say random words like bubble tea, popcorn, chicken. <laughs> I love when you talk dirty to me. Oh yeah, baby, bubble tea. <laughs> Just in Mandarin. Oh yeah, yen su chi. It'll be like, yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh my god, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know the difference. Honestly, they wouldn't know. <laughs> How would they know? <laughs> How would they know? But I, I entertain the idea, and then. Also, another part of me is like I predominantly only speak Mandarin to my family. Yeah. So when I was asked to speak my native tongue in bed by a white man, and I did for a little bit, I realized I felt like I was just talking to my family, but in a really dirty way. Oh no! It feels really weird. It just doesn't add up. Man. Yeah, I immediately turn myself off. I'm like, I can't think about my grandma. Has she taken her pills? <laughs> How was her doctor's appointment on Tuesday? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. That, that no. is very, that's a huge red flag, honestly. Right? Yeah. Right? But I think part of me was like, because this person was half, so it was, it, it almost feels like it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the other half that was talking. I mean, this this person constantly tells me that, like, he is only looking for an Asian woman, specifically uh, Chinese, I think. Also even talked about, like, uh, buying a wife from China. But it might, might have been a joke. But you never know these days. I am feeling very alarmed right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was really hot, so let's just skip that. Yeah, I've also done things during sex that I'm not proud of. So, you know, we all have, we all have, and there's no guilt in that because yeah. um, it's heat of the moment, entertaining the idea. Yeah, yeah. I everything has left my body, including my feminism <laughs> and my political correctness during sex. Everything just left. 
You know, there's um, there's this essay, well, a, a book wrote by Roxanne, uh, Roxanne Gay. Mm-hmm. She is a, uh, she's a white, no, she's black. She's a black um, uh, author, and she wrote a book called Bad Feminists. Right. So she like the book, it kind of briefly talks about like what feminism is and how feminism started. Um, from white feminists so a lot of things that they're preaching a lot of things that they want happen isn't really um isn't really beneficial to BIPOC's feminism right it's a really interesting read um it's not it's not really long i recommend everyone go and read it um and there's one part that she talks about in the very beginning of the book that i relate to so much she's like i am a feminist but I don't want to learn how to change the car tire. <laughs> so therefore, I'm a bad feminist, basically. Like, not in those words, but basically it was kind of like that. And I took away, like, I took that away and I was like, that's it. You live I'm by never it. Really, <laughs> yeah, I've never really understood, like, how I could define myself. Like, I would used to call myself a feminist. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I still call myself a feminist, but, like, there are some certain times, like, look at feminism and I'm like, I don't know if I truly believe that and that could be an entirely different topic yeah. yeah um but yeah when i read the book and i was like i i can relate to it feminism for me is baiting men so they come over and make my ikea furnitures and that <laughs> itself is an act of feminism thank you thank you so, thank you so when you're talking about like being in bed and doing things that you're not proud of yeah and your feminism just like dissipates yeah like just out of your like every, your soul just leaves every time i have to do something the feminism in my body just leaves it just goes every right time out. the ikea furniture shows up at your door you're the feminist just leaves your yeah. body i'm like how do i bait a man into my house <laughs> I cannot pick up a whatever screwdriver or whatever. Oh, no. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't think there should be guilt attached to it, though. Sometimes I do feel because, you know, society tells you, you know, if you don't pay for your dinner, if you don't this and that, then you're, a, you know, you're not a feminist. Like, I don't think that's how feminism works. So mm-hmm. therefore, sometimes I can't really call myself a feminist. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Going back to what we're talking about, um, mm-hmm. there's also one thought that is very interesting that I want to talk about is like, you know, going back to why Asian women gets fetishized. Um, there's a long history of why mm-hmm. and how our uh, Asian women's stereotypes have become what it is now, um, even before the media portray us as, you know, submissive, passive, right. as we talked about. Um, during World War II, American soldiers in Asia fighting the war often had sexual relationships with quote-unquote comfort women. Um, and I think especially in Japan, and I say I, I know there are many other countries like I, or different wars like the Philippine War, the Korean War, I think also. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say specifically Japan because that's like the one that I relate to the most because Taiwan used to be a colony of Japan. So right. I think... Many of these comfort women uh, were sex slaves. Well, they're all sex slaves, and that that are from occupied countries such as China, Korea, Philippines, and Taiwan. And and they were women assigned to service American American soldiers in order to reduce the incidence of wartime rape. So when Japan was at war, they mm-hmm. didn't want 
American soldiers, and when I say American soldiers, they could be white, they could be black, they could be, you know, they're just American soldiers, right. um, to rape Japanese women, I assume. And so as a result, some of these first encounters of American soldiers had with Asian women were in the context of being sexually serviced. So to them, the women were nothing but commodities. Mm -hmm. So the fetishization of Asian women goes back to an era, I think, when like there was an enormous power difference between white men and Asian women. And Asian women were used as nothing more than a recreational activity for bored American soldiers. Yeah, um, or horny American soldiers. So these men may have went back home. Like this is what I think. They may have went back home after the war and kind of spread the idea of the submissive, service-based um, Asian woman stereotype. And that's how you know some of the Hollywood movies at the time um, have Asian woman characters that were you know, that plays a part of, you know, being left back in Asia, you know, after the war and like the American white soldier, you know, like kind of abandoned them, mm -hmm. but like they wanted to be saved, you know, like or, or save them and bring them back to their country and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that whole history kind of resulting to the hypersexualization and fetishization of Asian women. Yeah. Um, which goes back to what you said earlier in in the episode about you know feminism you know maybe after war ii women in north america especially america have more power they have voting rights they have you know feminism was on the rise so mm -hmm. men sometimes can't really accept the fact that they it, they it makes them feel like they're losing their power mm -hmm. and therefore they might feel like Asian woman is, you know, more submissive and more passive, kind of feeling like th what it was before the war, before, you know, feminism was on the rise. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, I think that's interesting because if you guys seen the Instagram stuff that we've been posting, like one of the recent thing that a lot of people are discussing is the Page Act that was in America that came before the Chinese Exclusion Act. And that was like one of, just like yeah. the history that one of the po political measures that you know also contributed to um just the hypersexualization of asian women especially at yeah. the time chinese women in america and it, the basically the act was used to it was seemingly used to restrict chinese women from immigrating into america yeah. and it was yeah. to ban prostitution but it kind of gave everyone the idea that Chinese women are world prostitutes like yeah. and then they have they also have no um the mo the only judgment was the person at the port so he could also just look at you and see that you're Chinese and say oh you're a prostitute don't come to America so that idea is really just like very internalized and I think very um, mm -hmm. rooted in the whole history of America and it kind of contributed to I think the current problem that we have as Asian women. Mm -hmm. Prostitution is one of the oldest jobs in this world. Yeah. It's one of the first jobs in this world. And so if you think about that, the long history of people fighting for anti-prostitution, it's been so long. Yeah. Like 
sex is still such a taboo thing. And you think if we live in 21st century that we would understand that, you know, this is something that is so that is normal and that is just a need and um, that is just part of a human nature. Mm-hmm. No, we're still fighting the battle of, you know, decriminalizing prostitution and that's what makes that's that's what makes this whole Atlanta shooting thing so heartbreaking mm-hmm, because exactly. a lot of these a lot of these women um I think I think what I think what makes me really really sad is the fact that um all Asians who know and understand the uh, what happened at the shooting of losing an Asian mother yeah, is, it's hard. It's, it's just heartbreaking because we all know that Asian mothers don't live for themselves. Mm-hmm. They live for us. They live for their family. They live for sometimes society expectations and they live for their child, mm-hmm. their children. And that's why it's so heartbreaking to see that, you know, maybe there are, sex workers and they are doing it not for themselves of course they're doing it to raise their family and to give their child um a better life yeah it's also their job so the fact that people just i mean just because they're asian women people kind of just dehumanize them and like turn them Mm -hmm. into i don't know like objects sex symbols but really they're just human they're someone's mom someone's grandparents like Mm -hmm they don't just exist for you it's their job and Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think it's Mm -hmm. just like a huge red flag that you know this is still happening like you said in a current day and age that it is very society is very flawed it is very deep-rooted yeah um, yeah um and on this on this thought like once since we're talking about this there's a really good organization i think it's called red carnery um and I can throw that on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, please donate to them. They are a American, I think a U.S. Um, organization that helps decriminalize uh, sex workers in America. Asian, Asian sex workers and prostitutes in, in America. So um, it's a great organization. I've read, read all about it. Um, I will link it. And yeah, please give them all the support they uh, they need. Um so why do you think it's bad? Like, why do you think uh, fetishizing Asian women is bad? I think just like what we've mentioned and we talked about that it's very dangerous when, you know, Asian women are being fetishized, hypersexualized because then they're dehumanized. They are no longer yeah. viewed as human. Like in this case, they're viewed as sexual temptations, things like that. Yeah. And people sometimes forget that at the, at the end of the day, we are all just humans. <laughs> we don't yeah. exist for you we exist because i don't know why but we do exist <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out why we exist yeah so just <laughs> pause on that but like yes yeah. we don't exist just to fulfill your pleasure or just to fit in your little box so absolutely i think there's a it fetishization is a form of objectification yeah uh it dehumanizes us and it strips away the individual identities of asian women and Asian women are, there's so many countries in Asia, like, it's not just, like, these three mm-hmm. that you know, like, China or Japan or, like, no, there's so many types of different Asian women. And they were all different. We're all so different. Like, me and an Indian woman is so different. Like yeah. Features and everything. So I, I think it strips away the individual identity of Asian women, 
reducing them to nothing more than an unfair stereotype of their race. Yeah. Um, and I think um, we're, we're, we're just human. And why is it bad? First and foremost, murder, in case you haven't heard. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's the um, most extreme. Like, that's a example of just how dangerous this all can be if you think yeah. it's still nothing. Before this episode, you're thinking, well, it's just a preference. No, bitch. It's murder. <laughs> it's murder. It's murder and a hate crime. Yeah. I mean, for, for many generations, we've all think it's nothing until we realize it's so internalized and so rooted that everyone is essentially a racist. So yeah. just brew on that for a sec. <laughs> think on and that. And I think there's, um, there's a fine line between admiration and fetishization. Mm-hmm. We're not out here... You know, this episode isn't telling all white men or non-Asian people to be like, you can't date Asian women. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying that um, you can still find Asian people attractive. You yeah. know, it's it's fine because yeah. we are fucking beautiful. Yeah, like, I mean, appreciation, me, <laughs> appreciation <laughs> is very different than hypersexualization. And yes, it, you can tell. We can tell. Every you can. Everyone can tell. So. Yes, yes. If you, if we are suspicious of you who serially date Asians, we're just concerned that we're one of the long list of submissive objects mm-hmm. for your leisure. So don't be that. Mm-hmm. If you are attracted to me as a person, you're attracted to me as a person, as a woman, and not because of my race. Like it's racist and fetishizing when you find Asian person, like when you find a Taiwanese girl attractive because. I'm a Taiwanese girl. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem arises when you only view us as our race and disregard our history and culture and me as a fucking human, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So that kind of concludes what, I don't know, that kind of concludes this episode. Like, yeah, I think, um, I think in the end, like we want to say, you know, there's, there's definitely more need for Asian woman representation in media. And when I say media, I mean porn industry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we want to show up simply as human beings without being hypersexualized or as a sex object. And it's not just the amount of Asian woman representation, which, you know, which is also good mm-hmm. um, because then you see different types of asian women but also the type of representation that matters yeah i love this episode i really do and i hope you guys all do and did enjoy this episode and took something away from it um whether it's some laughter or some education or some history some knowledge um yeah 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 what's giving you life <sighs> to be honest nothing i'm i mean i'm a, i'm glad that the daylight is getting longer though oh spring is here yeah the daylight thing really helps that's nice yeah Mm. what's giving you life uh i'm back into spin class and it feels Mm. amazing i did my first class um i found a spin studio here wonderful class and oh my god i have not i nearly i I was nearly deceased but at the (laughs) same time it just felt so great to be you know to be back on the bike again yeah yeah, but I was in a bit of a downward spiral for a little bit. So feeling like, you know, that feeling of like being on the verge of sinking, mm-hmm. but not yet. And then that's the moment. Usually I'm like, I choose meditation and you choose to go to the gym. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think um, it was just a combination of many things and, you know, happening in the world and mm-hmm. and then my personal life. So I think being back in, you know, yoga and spin class really, really gave me life um, physically and mentally. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's that's what's happening for me. That's great. And lastly, if you guys like this episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram at sugarhoneybbt at S-U-G-A-H-O-N-E-Y-B-B-T. And you can also click into our LinkedIn bio. I've added a list of Asian resources that someone amazing, I don't know who, have concluded for everyone, including mental health resources, things you can do, places you can donate. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us also on Instagram at BBT Mommy and at Sensitive Bao. That's right. So yeah. you can follow both of us. Yes, um, please. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Uh, so happy that you guys stayed till the end and, you know, listen to us joke, but at the same time, very serious. Talk about these things. Um, you know, love you all. Bye. Bye. I don't cream my bubble tea, baby.